0: Well, we come to our last section session, and obviously we've there. There are many, many issues related to to marriage and et cetera that we've not addressed today. Uh, this was really designed to be kind of like a uh, like a warm up kind of workshop, just give you some things to think about, and hopefully would lean on to some other things. And and um and so we're, we're the last section we really want to speak to you about is, is is really in the in in the role of of um a physical intimacy of sexuality in marriage. And, um, you know, the scripture is, is full of all kinds of warnings uh, related to our human sexuality, right? You read through the book of Proverbs, and it's watch out for the woman with the painted lips on the streets, <laughs> and, you know, all these kinds of things. All and and, and 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 we get into this thing where we, 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 when we generally think about our human sexuality, we think about all the different ways that it can be abused or misused, you know? Um and, and because it is something that can be easily misused. But on the same framework, inside of the context in which God gave this gift, it is also a huge blessing. I, I kind of use the, the imagery in my own mind. You know, when, you, when, you're, when your teenage child finally gets to driving age, what focuses it on your head is all the things that can go wrong when they are out in the car. They're driving too fast, they're distracted, there's other crazy drivers, etc. You're you're focused on all these other things, but at the end of the day, there's also a piece to say, I don't have to drive them here anymore. You know, it's now they can get a job and go work. They can, you know, it, 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 there, even though there are lots of concerns about it, when it's properly used, it's a great gift. And that's exactly true when it comes to our human sexuality. I mean, there's lots of different ways that we can abuse it, but inside the context from which, God gave it; it can really be a. Um, it, it is designed to be a tremendous blessing and gift to us, to further many, many different pieces of the way that we do life together as a husband and wife. And, and um, you know, I, you know, that I was telling Christina. I said, uh, you know, that this area, of, and I mentioned to you before. You know, sometimes in the context of of working with couples, you'll hear that they they just really struggle in this area. They haven't been physically connected in a, in, a, in a long period of time, and, you know, I, I, I often think about the, the place of our physical intimacy inside of our marriages is, is many ways like a, a barometer. It's, a, it's an indicator of how we're doing really in our marriage in general. Now, that, there can be exceptions to that. There can be physical things and this and that, that kind of thing, but, but you know, if you go to the doctor and you're not feeling very well, the first thing they're going to say is, well, let's do some blood work. Right? I mean, because your blood can tell you all kinds of things about mm. what's going on with inside of you, right? In many ways, when you when you look at the 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 the, the way that, that we're expressing this this love towards one another, this unique kind of love that God's given us, that the way that we practice the way we, we experience our physical intimacy in our relationship can be such an indicator of how everything else well, everything else is going in our you know, in our in our marriage lives, N- you know, it's not a perfect kind of thing, but there's a lot of pieces that go with that, and and I I want to give you just a, a, a few thoughts here to, to to think about related to the role of sexuality in, in your marriage, and you know, um, I I think scripturally there are there are three roles that God has, or three purposes that God has for um, sex within inside the confines of marriage. Um, the first of those is probably the easiest to come up with, and that's the idea of procreation. You know, one of the reasons why God has given us the gift of s- human sexuality for a husband and a wife to experience physical intimacy and, and, and engage in sexual intercourse and those kinds of things is, is simply to fulfill His command to be fruitful and multiply. You know, and and so there is a place within inside the context of marriage. Uh, for sex to be used to, to promote, um, you know, to, to have children, you know, to procreate. Uh, there are, uh, obviously, there are some Christian um, traditions that see that to engage in sexuality without the potential of procreating, they see it as a sin, right? And there's been some discussions about that with Roman Catholic. That's not where we're, we're trying to go. We're not trying to go in that discussion. But that certainly is a role that, that it, it has within it. But beyond that, and I and you can clearly make this case from Scripture, and Christina's going to read a few of those to us in just a moment. But God has also given sex to a husband and a wife for the purpose of pleasure. It's designed to be something that you enjoy. Okay, it, it is it is designed to be pleasurable. Just read some of the verses that that you you've got listed out there for us.
1: Uh, Proverbs five nineteen, a loving doe, a graceful fawn, let her breasts always satisfy you. Be lost or exhilarated in her love forever. Um, Genesis one thirty one. that's a
0: reference to stay. Y- the idea there is that you marry young, and mm. the admonition is is to always be satisfied. In this particular case, a man with his wife's body, mm. right? So because it's there to to, to bring pleasure to satisfy. Genesis
1: one thirty one after God had had deemed everything it, and it was good and it was good when he created um men and a uh, woman with man it was very good um hebrews 13 4 marriage is to be held in honor by all ecclesiastes 9 enjoy life with the wife you love all the days of your fleeting life um, song of songs a song of solomon your stature is like and this is the man speaking to the woman, your stature is like a palm tree. Your breasts are clusters of fruit. I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruit. And that's pretty that's <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, and then and then she says something along to yeah. <laughs> the, your 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 code language. Let's climb the tree tonight, or honey, or let's uh <laughs> Um, and then she says things to him like, his mouth is sweetness. He is absolutely desirable. This is my love. This is my friend. Somebody else said friendship was a, um, and then she goes, on, oh, that he would kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Um, I'm telling you, with uh, this is better stuff than Fifty Shades of Grey, and I don't know if you've, I've watched some. I actually was in a, a gathering of young women recently, and just about all of them had read that the whole trilogy, and um, that book is the complete opposite of dominance, of twisted force, and uh, it's, it's just not God's intent or twisted pleasure. It's just, anyway, God's design is it for
0: good to be great. So, if you haven't heard this message before, you struggle with this, it is okay to enjoy sex in marriage, okay? I mean, God has given it to us to be it's it's w- really one of the least expensive forms of entertainment we have, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and and
1: sometimes we would like
0: to go out though, but <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> so. Uh, can't it's always stay a home. Gift. It 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 doesn't cost much. It can be <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't there leave you go. expensive. Yep. This is true. Um, mm. There there is a. There's a third aspect to this, and, and, and I think this is actually the most important of the three, and that is it's designed to promote a sense of oneness. Um, I mean, I could point to a number of scriptures and et cetera, but you know, we just got done teaching 1 Corinthians, and, and part of the argument that God uses through the Apostle Paul speaking to the Corinthians, who are living in an, is one of the most grossly immoral cities the world has ever known, it's, its background was they had this huge temple on the top of an acropolis that looked out over the city, and there was literally more than a thousand temple prostitutes who came down into the streets every single night, plying their trade throughout oh the city. Goodness. And and it, it was just fundamentally understood that everybody fooled around with with everybody, and when the city of Corinth, just it was just and and so here. They're 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 talking about the fact. Well, you know that there's a group in the Corinthian church that's asking. You know, should we be doing that kind of stuff anymore? But, you know, and, and there's some some theological stuff going on about a separation of our spirits from our bodies and all mm. that kind of stuff. But Paul basically says, when you take your body and you give it to somebody else, you establish a bond. Mm. There's it's a connection bond. that mm. goes on. And if you're connected to Christ and you're taking your body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit, has Christ as the presence of God within it, and you're connecting it to a harlot, it's like you're bringing Christ and the harlot together mm. and creating this bond between sin and, and right. You know, But that imagery of the fact that there is this permanent connection that's created through the expression of our human sexuality towards each other as husbands and wives is indicative of the fact that it creates a sense of oneness. It creates a connection. You know, m- more. You, you, it is not an uncommon experience that the morning after a couple is far more affectionate and conversational and connected to one another than they are in the other mornings when they haven't had sex the night before. They're, they're, you know, it's one of the reasons why you go on vacation, right? I mean, you come back and you're more lovey-dovey because you have time set aside for it. And 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 you enjoy the gift, and you feel more connected. And when you come home, you feel like your marriage has been, been a, u- uplifted and moved mm-hmm. forward. It's because you you're, you're promoting that sense of oneness. Mm-hmm. Now it's not a solution in and of itself to all of your problems, but it is a part of the way that God has given us this, this, this ability, if you will, to 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 celebrate and experience that sense of oneness, that connection, that being naked and not ashamed kind of aspect that goes with really being. Connected with, with your spouse, and you know it's 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 almost like the communion. You know, uh, uh, you know, I mean, if, if the church is connected to Christ, and we celebrate Christ through communion. And as husband and wife reflect that, we, we experience that connection through the 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 the, the, the love making that goes between a husband and a wife. And 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 I, I think when you get to that place, it really begins to revolutionize. Mm the way that you see the place of sex in your marriage. Um, it's it, it stops being a question, and we're going to work through some of this stuff, but it stops being a question of what do I need? to, What 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 do we need in order to promote and to grow this and to, and to move forward? And so here's some things that I'd have for you to, co- to consider as a part of this. And first of all, is, is just accept sex as God's good gift to you as husband and wife. I I think that that by and large that's you know depending upon your backgrounds and stuff that's probably something that that is not a major issue for a lot but I still think it needs to be said there are some who have grown up in abusive scenarios yeah. and so seeing sexuality as in a healthy format is very difficult for them that can create Real issues inside the context of marriage, and it's something that they need to, to work through together as a couple and experience healing for. And others, some of you grew up in, in environments where, um, you know, where you know, s- sex was kind of seen as something nobody talked about and it wasn't a thing, and the g- good girls really didn't like it, and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And that's kind of a fading breed, but you know, I, I know my mother-in-law, you know, said that the advice that she got before she got married was just lie there for three minutes, it'll be over. No, and and pretend that you like it. And pretend that you like, and it, and <laughs> that you like it. So that w- that was her counsel on a couple of days for you know, times have changed quite a bit, but you know, there's... She was a-
1: not advocating that <laughs> to me. She was just saying, this is what my mother said to me on my wedding day. Yes. Um, and we all laughed about it. Yes. So, and, uh, um, so
0: accept it as a Man. good gift. And I, And I second thing is if you're, if you're having struggles in the bedroom as a couple it's probably indicative that you're experiencing sh- breakdowns in the relationship in other areas I, I think that, that problems in your marriage will generally at some point also manifest themselves in the context of, of the bedroom and sometimes people in the midst of that dynamic, they look for solutions to the problems with the bedroom that are not healthy for the overall, they reach out for pornography and other mm. kinds of stuff like that, mm-hmm. and that's just not, but but there is this sense in which because the, the physical attraction and expression of that love to one another is so connected to the overall dynamics of the relationship, oh, yeah. that if you really start to have significant changes in In the nature of your of your love life, that that is that is not consistent with the healthiness. It's probably indicative that that there are other things that are beginning to emerge, and maybe you just haven't quite put your finger on them yet, or you're not dealing with them, or et cetera. Because it can really be there. Now, obviously, there can be there can be other kinds of issues that develop and that can create breakdowns and that kind of stuff. But but it is it is designed to be natural and normal for a husband and a wife to want to express the nature of their relationship to one another physically. You do it emotionally, you do it other kinds of ways, but it's also just natural. This kind of love that God's given a husband for his wife is designed to be expressed physically. It's not just it's not just our needs to be sexually satisfied, but there's also a sense to establish this emotional connection. And if we men slow down enough to think about it, that we do experience. When we when we connect with our lives with our wives in a loving in in a in a physical way, so I I would say to you that if you're struggling in that area, you, it's just not mutually fulfilling and satisfying. It's not it's not part of the way that it fans the flames of your relationship. Then it, it's something that you need to think and talk and pray about.
1: Well, it's difficult which, uh, to talk about, and even I'm talking about even just
0: your spouse even to work on.
1: So oh, I'm just talking about between spouses yeah, to okay, talk about right. it. That that's that's I don't know. It's you're still very vulnerable, and it's if I'm not talking about the credit card in a in a very loving and healthy way with you, talking about an unfulfilled sexual experience is going to be even harder. But um, you've got to cool talk about. Pretty good
0: compartmentalizing.
1: It. Though. You're you are, vulnerable. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But for women, it's all together and integrated. Um, But I, you know, I don't know, just even just a few years ago, it occurred to me to pray about our sex life. Like, God wants, if something is, it has the capacity to create such joy, but also such tremendous conflict, why would I not bring it to God in prayer? You know, why wouldn't we even pray about it together? Wow, that's even, that's way vulnerable. Um, but God, I mean, God wants to hear things like, Lord, show me how to love him better. Show me how to be a better lover, a better giver, you know, to his deepest needs. And I was only I'm sorry. I only started praying about that just recently. So the last <laughs> few years, I.
0: I've prayed for more since we got married. So <laughs> uh, no, <I'm> married. Um, <laughs> I, I think that that. And this is maybe more of, a, uh, of an issue for us as men to, to understand because we are we're, we're much more visually stimulated than, than our spouses are and I, I think that's a matter of, of just kind of uh, our physiology and the way God's made us but we need, we need to understand that 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 sex our sex life starts well before we climb into bed you know and um, there, there are ways of the way we Speak to our spouses. There are ways that we affirm our spouses. There are ways that we serve our spouses. There are ways that we, we, we promote relationship and connection outside of the physical aspect of our lives through common activities and interests and this, mm. and that, all that kind of stuff. That's 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 all a part of that, uh, and and so it's it's something that starts well beyond um, just you know. You know, let's go to bed a few minutes early tonight, so we'll have some time. It, it it goes it goes much deeper than that, and 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 we as 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 men need to try to make sure that we do not compartmentalize that away. But even in our relationships, we only need to understand just h- how it's really kind of one big whole, and it's not separated off and, and and different from that.
1: I think there was a comment over here too, Melissa. Yeah, I so. Hmm. Yeah, most of the time yeah. I say. You know, it's interesting because there's I also read a phrase that um CJ Mahoney, uh, Grace Sovereign Grace Ministries. He said a man must touch a woman's heart and mind before he can touch her body. And but <laughs> literally this was about 10 years into our marriage that I had this epiphany and I even remember exactly where I was in Sterling in the car. I was frustrated about something that it was, you know, emotions versus physical. He wanted more, and I wanted more of this, and, and so, and I was angry about it, and it occurred to me that in order for me to unlock his heart and mind, I needed to touch his body, so there's just this converse, and I don't think it's always that way with men, but that's a pretty good generalization that we could go with.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, and, and and what you see in some of this is is who's going to go first. Mm. You know, there's there's in some ways that, that my desire to touch her heart and mind grows as yeah. I get to experience her body, and and she gets more of that by, you know. And so it, it it depends on you know. And so there's a little bit of this where you really have to you have to work at it together, and and sometimes um, you know, the two t- kind of do go hand in glove kind of idea. Now, you know, one of the things that we've done in our our marriage. Um, for a long time, it's, it's a little different now that we're empty nesters and whatever, but even when our children were quite young, we we always tried to take a season, you know, I have a birthday in January, our anniversary is in July, and so we usually try to take both of those kinds of experiences at the time just to get away by ourselves, even if it was just for a night. You know, we'd dump our kids and our grandparents or whatever, and we'd get away just so that we could stoke the flame of some of this, and we and. And then we, we've also, every fifth anniversary, tried to take a major trip. You know, we would save for it, figure out how to do it on the cheap. You know, I, th- I think one time we went to London for a week, and well, I don't know if we even spent like $1,500 on the whole trip. You know, it was just yeah. really, really cheap. But but a part of that is just to get away, to be able to focus on each other, emotionally, relationally, have some common exper- you know, some great experiences together, but also sexually. You know, and, and all of that stuff, I think, is really, really important. You know, it's
1: but even, I mean, my birthday's in June and his birthday's in January, so we didn't wait six months, you know, before he had sex again. But it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was, I think even if we had young children, um, we, uh, Friday night was always an agreed upon night that would be just for us. And it would include a lot of anticipation, too. Um, we couldn't sext back then, but um you there was there were words said there was you know planning, there was intentionality about it there was Put the kids, get the kids ready to go to bed. There was little just
0: extra Benadryl and their spaghetti a sauce, little,
1: and yeah, and <coughs> anything, anything that worked. <laughs> <laughs> we,
0: um, never, we never drug our kids. I, I don't, don't go home and say that. But all of that <laughs>
1: anticipation really stokes the fires too. And there's loving words that's said as a part of that. And so there's there's got to be planning and, and intentionality about it. But it takes a lot of hard work. Yeah,
0: and and this kind of really leads to the last point is that, and in, in, uh, you know, sex really should be a mutually satisfying. Experience. It, it does not mean that every time both partners need to experience climax and all that kind of stuff, but generally, your your, your sex life with one another ought to be something that both the w- husband and the wife enjoy. It's mutually satisfying. And I think part of what we need to learn in the midst of all of that is that, that our sex lives are, are really just as much about giving as it is as about getting, you know, that the, the, the video that we showed earlier, that kind of idea was you know, it was like, you know, was he gonna get some that night, you know, mm. you know cook up something together or whatever. But and, and and often we kinda get that idea that and you think about it, you know, you're the out of all the aspects of who we are, the only the only part that God asks for you to keep exclusively for one other person is your sex life. Mm you communicate with other people you work with other people you have other common experiences you serve with other people you, do, you you have you you do virtually every other aspect of your life you can do with lots of different people but with your sex life god asks you to keep it specifically and only for your spouse and and and, and there's a specialness a uniqueness to that and and with that we need to understand that it, that is it is the special gift and and you know, with the idea of of it being about giving and not just getting and that kind of idea, you know, sex should never be a whip weapon. It should never be a bribery tool. We should never have a sense that we're entitled to it no matter what kind of idea. Th- there's, there's so many other dynamics that go into all of that, but somehow or another, it is this, you know, th- 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 Christina is the only person in the world that I can express my sexuality with, and vice versa. And 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 so that is an awesome responsibility on mm. her part. And it is an awesome responsibility on my part. You know, and so there's a sense in which we, we need to go into this this is a sacred role that God's given me towards my spouse to allow them to express this gift and, and this nature, these urges that God's put within. It's it's and 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 with that we need to understand that this is is this is about creating. A physical relationship that supports everything else that God's trying to do in, in our marriages, and so it needs to be something that is mutually s- satisfying. It should be something that you grow through. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I tell I tell young couples that are getting married, I say, you know, you 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 better be better. Lo- you should be better lovers on your first anniversary than you are on your wedding night, and you want to be better lovers on your tenth anniversary than you were on your first anniversary. Mm-hmm. Now, I might hold off on your seventieth anniversary because you' well, be hopefully other, but, but we'll see. as you go as you go along you, you know you you really can and should be teaching one another what you like and enjoy and et cetera and you know I know there can be all kinds of debates about frequency and variety and all those kinds of things and and and, and i I really think that if you come at it with the idea that that this is a it, this is a tremendous privilege as well as an awesome responsibility that I have that I can give to my wife and vice versa, that that most of that stuff will fade into the background and you'll work a lot of it out, and and, and it you know the, the the idea is you know is getting down to the fact that where it really does promote, and kind of work through all uh, this, this, these, these things that God's trying to do in our lives, and so I you know we encourage you to embrace that gift from God and using it in a way that actually does build the connection and the strength and the fiber of your marriage because that's what it's intended to mm. do. And way too often in marriage it becomes the, the lightning rod of the problems in our marriage. And uh, I think God really is looking to transform that in the way that we do life together as husbands and wives. And um, so...
1: Oh, there's a lot more I'd like to say about that. Um, I, You know, there's uh, a wife asked her husband once, what can I do to be, what are three things I could do to be a better lover? And he said you could be interested, agreeable, and available. Like, bang, 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 that's what he put off. And, and In I that think, order? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I have to go back and look. But maybe just a, available, available first, interested, and <laughs> agreeable. But, but certainly there's a point, you know, um, I forget where I was going to go with this, but that um I think i think I think for some women, yeah. maybe even Christian women, particularly that sexual enjoyment is um undervalued or underestimated in terms of its benefits to you personally, physically to your relationship um, there's just and I think that there's there is a sense that you know you're not interested in just this the obligatory sex you know you you want me to be involved and you want me to experience. You know, a great experience also. So I really appreciate that. No, and pretend
0: like Not I enjoy to be it. Not too graphic, but you know, there has yeah. to be. Yeah. So, but it, you'd have to work at that. And. All right, um, and we could go on and on. Uh, we I, we have listed there at the end of your your things just some homework questions for you guys, and in terms of what you might use with this, and you know, um, one of the questions I think would be very healthy for you guys to talk about as a as a as a couple is is you know what. What is your biggest barrier right now to being mutually submissive to one another? Perhaps you've got an unresolved issue from the past, and so there's some, you know, there's still some trust issues, or maybe there's just, you know, I'm waiting for you to get to a place where I want to do that too, whatever, and or uh, there can be lots of different issues related to that. What what what's your biggest barrier to to being mutually submissive to one another? It, it could be that it's even spiritual. That you're just really struggling in your own walk with the Lord, and how and how can you overcome it as a cu- as a couple? Um, the second I think homework question we I'd really encourage you to, to to talk about is what are some some very specific actions that you can take to improve communication in your marriage? Whether it's you have you agree to have a thirty minute cell phone dead period every day where you sit down and talk with one another, or you know. Uh, uh, that kind of, you know, whatever it needs to be, what, 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 is, the, the, what is that that you, you intend to do? I remember a long, long time ago hearing James Dobson saying that, you know, often when when one spouse has been out of the home working all day, they come home, the, the first thing is to spend all kinds of attention and focus on the kids, right, the young kids. But there just needs to be something in that first, first period of time at home where the kids get shut aside and, and, and the, the husband and wife just really engage in conversation, what happened today, what are you thinking, how did this work out, etc., instead of just being focused off, but figure out some specific steps that can really help improve your communication because all of us can learn how to, communi- to improve our communication a little bit better in our relationships. Mm. And, and then the last is, h- how can you just become a better giver in your sex life? Um, and and I, th- I th- that's probably more of a personal question, but if your relationship is like ours, your spouse probably has a few ideas they can give you in that area. Mm. you know, And so it's, it can be a healthy conversation uh, to, to have started. So, um, so we, we are hopeful that some of these thoughts will give you a chance to give you a framework to launch some dialogue in your marriage. To take a good marriage and make it better. To take an okay marriage and make it good. To take a struggling marriage and Move it towards being a, a healthy kind of thing. Um.
1: I we've literally seen. I mean, and we've talked of at the very beginning about creating from the very start um, a culture in my in our home, in our marriage, in our family, of loving words, of just kindness, of of growing and stoking the fire together. And but I have seen we have seen marriages that were dead for twenty years because of something. These people lived parallel you know, singular lives and did not intersect in any way. And I've, we've seen God resurrect that. And it's, and, it's, and that guy talked to, I thought that Hans and Star was very powerful, actually, um, where he says, you know, I trusted Jesus as my Savior to forgive my past sins and to give me eternal life. But I want to experience the gospel of the now, the power of the transformation of the gospel. And this is a shameless plug, though. This is about the Recovering Redemption series that Neil's going to start. And that book that 's there is all about that experiencing triumphant um, you know the the triumph of the gospel now in my life, yeah. so I thought that was excellent. so
0: just a final word, and then we 'll pray and, and let you go it 's right at, at noon time yeah don um, 't don't, don't s- for all of us let 's not settle for the marriages that we have let 's pursue the relationship that God has always wanted for us. Hmm. And I think that's really the, the, the word. And all of us, no matter where we are on the spectrum of the quality of our marriages right now, we can all take steps forward to experiencing more of what God wants in our relationship. And um, it should be um, the relationship in our lives that brings the greatest blessing. So let me lead us in prayer. God, thank you so much for the things that you've taught us today. I, you know, that the, the things that really probably yearn and long in our hearts are, aren't going to happen just because we've heard a. A few, a few great sayings or we've watched a snappy video or any of that kind of stuff. Father, it's really going to come as a result of the work of your spirit in our lives. And so uh, in, in, in the best way that I know how today, and I'm glad your spirit's praying along with me, we just, we just make ourselves available to you to work in our lives, to change us, to shape us, to grow us, uh, to make our marriages the great source of blessing that c- should be. God, also to make our marriages something that really reflect the glory of who you are and how you relate to us in Jesus Christ. And so, Father, we ask your blessing today. We cling to it like um, like Jacob did that night as he wrestled with you. God, we just cling to you until you grant us that blessing. And we ask you to do it now in Jesus' name.